You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. John Marcus has been creating award-winning documentary photography for over 20 years. Her work has been exhibited across the United States and extensively published in newspapers and magazines. She has received numerous prestigious photography awards for her work, and Transfigurations was included in the Best Photos of the Year in 2004 and 2005 by Photo District News of New York, recently, award, recently awarded Community Activist by the Year She was recently awarded Community Activist of the Year by the Bay Area Elections Committee, and her newest book is Transfigurations. Thank you for joining me, Jonna. Thank you, Rick. It's great to be here. This is a really beautiful and powerful book. I'd like you to talk about um, your discovery of documentary photography as an art form. I actually started out wanting to be a fashion photographer and um, went to New York and apprenticed with a number of fashion photographers when I was young. And early on, I realized that I really wanted to say something in my work. I didn't want to just take pictures of pretty people in ugly clothes. And and as I... progressed to go to college and art school, it became really important to me to say something about the world around me in my photography. And uh, that was how I, I got involved in wanting to be a documentary photographer. And I think as the years have gone on, what's been really interesting to me as a photographer is um, the subcultures in our society. And I have photographed a number of interesting groups over the years, um, from the punk rockers in Manhattan in the early 1980s to vampire culture and the Anne Rice fans in New Orleans in the 90s. And um, I think that what's important to me is, is to somehow document my generation and what has motivated the subcultures in our society. Jonna, tell me, when you uh, document these subcultures, they are kind of niche parts of our society but you're doing your documentation and presenting this work to the whole of society. Tell me why you think that the whole of society needs to know what's going on at the edges. Well, you know, there's there's mass culture and then there's underground culture. Underground culture is often what turns out to be mass culture. And what's interesting to me is what motivates them. Why are they reacting the way they are? Who are they? What's going on? You know, what was happening with the punk rockers in in the late 70s, early 80s? Why were they rebelling? What was that about? Um, and so with my latest work, Transfigurations, I've delved into the transgender community and am investigating who are they? What are their lives about? You know, why do we not know a whole lot about these people? We only know this kind of stereotypical view of them that's often grossly exaggerated, you know, in television or, or films. So I often want to get to the bottom of things. As a photographer, I often photograph things I don't understand, and I try to find answers for them through the camera lens and then bring these interesting things that I've discovered to a larger audience through the photographic medium. Now, uh, you know, as I was looking at this book, I was just thinking how many different aspects there are to the art of photography, from 
the lens and the camera and the film, if you're using film or the digital uh, program you're manipulating the images to, this all seems kind of, this is clearly part of it, but there's choosing your subject, posing your subject, uh, bringing your subject to the point where they want to be photographed. And I, I, and I think that's the most difficult and I think the most powerful part of the art. Okay, you've brought up a lot of really interesting subjects there. Um, you know, I try to take really unmanipulated photos. I don't manipulate my photographs. I try to take a photograph that's, that's true in terms of what was happening in the moment that I clicked the shutter. And that's because today with Photoshop and all of this modern technology, digital cameras, everyone can take a picture and we know that images can be massaged but we still believe as a culture that photographs tell us the truth even though we know people manipulate them now so there's this fine line between where is the truth in a photograph and especially when it comes to documentary photography I feel that photojournalists and documentarians have a real responsibility to tell the truth in their photographs because a the mass culture is believing what we're telling them and we owe it to our subjects to be as objective as we possibly can and to tell the truth in our pictures. So um, I did not manipulate any of the photographs in Transfigurations. Mm -hmm. They were all shot in the studio and I shot them on film on an old Mamiya 6x7 camera and uh, I actually often dare people to guess who my um, photographic inspiration for this work was but uh, as you will see, I really love the old Hollywood photographers like George Harrell. Just an incredibly rich use of lighting. And that was what my inspiration was in this work. Um, most of my documentary work has all been on the streets. But with Transfigurations and doing a piece on the transgender community, I chose to do the work in the studio. And that was because the more complex I learned that gender issues were the simpler I really wanted the pictures to be. And I really wanted the viewer to be able to look at the subject and not judge them by their surroundings or anything. The work is really about giving people the permission to stare. Because in our culture, we're not allowed to stare at people, and especially people who have ambiguous gender. We're curious about them. We don't know how to react to them when, we're, when we are approached by them or, or them by us. So we tend to look away or shy away. But Transfigurations is a real opportunity to stare in the voyeuristic sense that photography lets us do that and to really look at these people because every one of these people in my book is looking right back at you returning the dominant gaze saying I want you to see me this is who I am and these people have been incredibly brave to come forward and be part of this work and talk about being transgender talking about notions of masculinity and femininity as they were changing genders so it's, it's a it's a very rich piece of work in terms of both text and photography and engaging the viewer and the reader you know um, the text is really nice too. Uh, talk about getting these pieces recording them writing them down and you know choosing what you want to run with what with the uh, image when I started this work in 2003, um, my original goal was to photograph transgender people from different ethnic backgrounds and age groups. And as I got into the work and started meeting lots of different people and photographing them, I decided to actually interview them first. And that's because portraiture is really a dance between the photographer and the subject. And in order for both parties to be comfortable, 
I wanted to meet with them first and talk with them. So we did very lengthy interviews in the beginning. Um, some people I talked to for maybe two hours on audio tape. And um, that way they were comfortable with me when we went in the studio to take the picture. And I knew something about them. So I could have a sense of having them be very natural in front of the camera and trying to capture some basic essence of them. Um, and from those interviews ultimately came the text that goes with their photographs. In the beginning, people would tell me about their transitions, which were important and fascinating stories to hear. But after a while, the stories started to become sort of the same, the, the, the agony of going through transition. What was really interesting to me was more about their concepts of masculinity and femininity and where they came from. I mean, if you had been a woman your whole life and then decided to become a man, where were your ideas of masculinity coming from? Were they coming from the media? Were they coming from your parents, from friends? So that was what was fascinating to me. And I think that ultimately with the text really focusing on those subjects is what has really made this work so universal, have such a universal appeal. Because it appeals to people who may not even be interested in transgender issues. But a lot of people have walked through the exhibit, as it was an exhibit for many years, and, and thought about what kind of men and women they are just in our culture. What are their roles? So it has many layers to it. This is really a book at core about identity and, and about how we identify ourselves and how we create that identity. Absolutely. Talk about uh, some of the specific subjects in here. Uh, you start out with some portraits uh, and, and then end up showing us some of the transitions. So talk about creating the flow of images in the book from the beginning to end. The book is, is in three sections. Um, the first section is portraits with text, which is um, the, the people in the images talking about their feelings at that moment in time around transition or gender issues. The second part of the book is transitions. There were three people who I actually spent four years with photographing as they went through their change from one gender to the next. And it captures them both physically and emotionally um, as they went through each step of their change. And then the last section of the book is nudes, um, which are nudes of post-surgery bodies. And you know, when I started the work, I don't think I had an intention of actually doing nudes. But um, someone had come to the studio to have their portrait photographed, and they said, do you want to photograph me naked? And I said, I don't know, do I? And they said, well, I'm only one of 26 people in the country who have ever had a phalloplasty. And I responded, what's that? <laughs> so they ripped their clothing off and couldn't wait to show me. And um, it's a very intensive surgery that transgender men have to actually have a penis made from the foreskin of their arm. And um, it was really quite amazing. And I thought to myself, gee, do transgender people know what each other's bodies look like? You know, and does anybody know what post-surgery bodies look like? So that actually started what really was an educational piece in seven images of the different surgical options that transgender men and women have and what their bodies look like. You know, uh, one of the things that uh, is so powerful about this book, as we look at you know, the, the contrast between the nudes and the, the people just dressed in street clothes sitting around, that kind of uh, the uh, power, the, the oscillation of those images, one in the people, also the, the transfigurations themselves, uh, we see 
and understand the agony, the, the, the power and the whole sexuality of, of this and, and, you know, the shifting notions of sexuality in our culture, which is, changes every single day. And then we see people just in their lives. And I think that's such an interesting contrast. It is. And, you know, and sexuality issues and gender issues are really different. Um, you know, the, the GLBT community talks about sexuality issues, but the transgender community is really about identity issues. And then they are very, very different, just to kind of make that clarification. And it is interesting to see people in, their, in just their regular clothes. You know, one of the interesting things that I really learned doing this piece of work is that gender, in many ways, is a performance. You know, every day you and I get up and we perform our gender. We don't even really realize that we're doing it, but, you know, when I put makeup on and brush my hair or put some perfume on or whatever I do as a woman, I'm sort of performing my gender as I get ready to do my day, you know, and, and that's a really interesting way to think about this in a, in a whole other set of terms. You know, what, what transgender people are doing to their bodies to become whole is not radically different from a woman wanting to have breast implants she's enhancing her gender by wanting to have larger breasts. You know, but why do we feel that if a man who wants to become a woman has that same surgery, it's wrong? You know, our society is, is kind of plastic surgery crazy right now. And, um, you know, what transgender people are, are doing to make themselves whole is, is not dramatically different than what many Americans do just to enhance their own gender. Well, I, as you say, um, also, what's the difference uh, between a woman who has breast implants and a man who spends uh, 15 hours a day trying to get uh, six-pack abs? I mean, it's kind of... <laughs> it's true. It's all uh, a spectrum. And I think that's one of the things that this book makes very, very clear is uh, this is a book uh, photographed in black and white, but it's all about the shades of gray. Nicely put, Rick. <laughs> you know, as a photographer, I tend to do a lot of my documentary work in black and white, and I really love the use of black and white. And one of the reasons is because the world is so full of color, and everybody is a photographer these days with a digital camera, and everyone takes color pictures. You know, so I think for myself, when I'm really trying to distill down my subject and have the viewer look at it in a very different way, you take out the color, and people tend to pay attention. They want to understand a little more what's going on there. So it kind of helps enhance, enhance that visual process for me. When you're getting people to sit down for portraits, I'd like you to just talk about that process because that's, I think, got to be an absolutely, perhaps the most important part of your artistic process. I getting... can't give that all away, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, like I said, you know, I, I interviewed people first, so I had a real nice sense of them before we went in the studio. I talk to people when I photograph them, you know. Um, I, you know, objectivity in photography, they tell us, is non-existent, and I tried to be as objective as I could in this work and really take myself out of it, but the truth is, that the work is imbued with my artistic style and my artistic choices. And, and I tried to, to photograph a very natural sense of people. I, I didn't really pose them. I would have them just start talking to me. You know, I would put them on the stool and in front of the backdrop, turn on all the lights, and just really have a conversation and get them talking, you know. And sometimes I'd have them move around or jump around on the set, you know, and, and just loosen up. And then 
you know, usually the first roll of film is a complete throwaway, <laughs> you know, and uh, by roll two, three, and four, we're really rolling. And I always know when I get the picture, like the minute I get it, I start screaming, that's it, I got it, you know, <laughs> it just, I always know. Um, but it's really just a give and take, it's a dance, you know, and, and for me, it's, it's talking to people. I don't ever remember jokes. Sometimes I fall off the ladder I'm standing on, and they think it's funny, and then they laugh. And I, you know, it's just, it's just a give and take to to make people feel comfortable and just feel natural. Lighting is is also really important, and I'm wondering how much work you do with that in your studio and um, to bring out the kind of tones you bring, uh, because again. When we look at the photograph, when we look at the final work of art, it's it's a photograph to us. But I think there's so many layers and so many parts that go into the creation of the photograph that we who experience it just have no clue as to what's going on. We just look at it and say, oh. Studio lighting um, is a wonderful thing because you can really manipulate it to be whatever you want, opposed to being outside in, in the natural light. Um, and as I said before, I love the old Hollywood photographers from the 30s and 40s. I mean, their lighting was just exquisite. And that was a lot of my inspiration um, in, in lighting the work here. I mean, I photographed over 100 people, and I tried to make each one different in terms of the lighting. And I would actually spend a lot of time before people would come to the studio thinking about, okay, how do I want to light this person? You know, if I was photographing in, photographing an African-American, I have to light them very different than I would light someone who was Asian or someone who was Caucasian. So um, that that's one small part of it. But um, I really tried to do backlighting, key lighting, you know, several different setups um, so that each picture looked unique and would spend a lot of time thinking about that beforehand. As you were photographing all these people, you were getting to know them really well. And, and so now I, I imagine you have like this group of friends who are also subjects of your art and I, I'd like you to talk about that you know that's a a weird boundary to that ha, must have a lot of permeability between it well it isn't really I mean I think as a documentarian you get really involved in what you're photographing and shooting and if you don't have a passion for it then there's no point in doing it to begin with and this Transfigurations has really been a rock that has gathered moss as it has rolled downhill. I mean, since 2003, um, you know, it became an exhibit, a 55-piece exhibit that traveled across the country for six years. It was amazing. Now it's finally a book. And I don't think anyone who got involved in this project in the beginning, or myself, thought that it would go as far as it has. And it has just been a huge educational tool, not only for the transgender community, but for the world at large. You know, it's now being used as a textbook at several universities in their gender studies classes. It's just been a huge tool for understanding who the transgender community is and to really bring about awareness in our culture. And it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. So the people, many of the people who have been in the book, I'm sorry, who are in the book, um, have become friends. They lecture with me. They've gone with me to several galleries and universities around the country, and they talk about transgender issues, and I talk about photography and, and how we did the project, and it's been a wonderful collaboration, and they've all been very supportive. They've really stood behind this work because it really represents them in a true and very normalized fashion. It doesn't sensationalize them at all, and that's been very important to this community. The name of the book is Transfigurations. It's by Jonna Marcus. Jonna, how can we get the book? The book is available at 
sevenangelspress.com. That's seven as in the numeral, sevenangelspress.com. And it will be available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com in late October. I've been speaking with Jonna Marcus. Her new book is Transfigurations. Thank you for joining me, Jonna. Thank you so much for having me, Rick. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.